c'est vrai. Je suis un ananas. Now, in the uh, towers of uh, Edmonton... I'm not a Tory. I don't speak on both sides. I do not use crack cocaine, nor am I an addict of crack cocaine. Once again, friends, to Fat, French, and Fabulous. I am Jessica, coming to you not live from my closet somewhere in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, Canada. Are you actually in the in a closet? I am, in fact, recording from a closet. I know that you were recording this on the floor, which was weird enough, but I didn't <laughs> know it was a closet floor. It is, in fact, a closet floor. I have I have a door beside me. There's like little little filtration of light through the slats. I have a pillow, a bottle of Coke, and a bottle of ketchup. Is this and is I the am door ready to podcast? Is the door locked? Does your roommate not allow you into the house <laughs> with people? He says I make his friends uncomfortable. Oh my he says God. I can't see the light. <laughs> okay. Well, this is both a podcast and an elaborate cry for help. Yeah. We had a we had uh, a party the other day and like the mo he, he told me he told me he's like, you know, keep the weirdness on like medium. Keep turn the dial to medium. It's medium weird. Medium weird. Never and ask for extra weird. Never ask never ask me for extra weird. Clothes will be removed. Like prison sentences charge police charges will be had <laughs> entire childhoods will be, just be wiped out in an instant <laughs> entire populations and cohorts of children will be traumatized irrevocably be, beyond, damaged be irrevocably damaged well that's uh that's and, jessica <laughs> and and his law school uh, well his friends came in and i was just like i was like hey guys i'm his roommate not like an indentured servant or anything nothing weird about this completely legally above board don't worry about it <laughs> he definitely doesn't feed me dog food and make me live in a closet <laughs> he would never do that just like blinking at them in morse code to help me <laughs> it's just pretend i can stop any time i can leave whatever i want <laughs> <laughs> i get to sleep at the end of his bed sometimes <laughs> if i'm good oh my god if i'm good yeah. <laughs> all right i'm gonna have to recategorize this as a horror podcast <laughs> <laughs> so so that's jessica um i'm Hi. janelle I'm reporting. <laughs> reporting? I'm not reporting. This isn't journalism. This is nothing approaching journalism. Yeah, coming in. How are facts on the ground there in New York? Yeah, I'm. Tell me, I'm. How, what is the damage? Recording this from a bedroom the size of a closet in Manhattan, New York, New York. City so nice they named it twice. Also because there is a city-sized mass of garbage in the streets at any given moment. <laughs> it's like two fun cities in one. Mm. One for people and one for rats. Yeah, I just I just really wanted to feel the New York experience. I wanted to get inside my podcasting partner's head by just living, living in a closet and surviving on ketchup. Yeah, living living in a room roughly the size of the coffin I will be buried in. Excellent. Yeah. And <laughs> surviving on ketchup. It's basically the New York grad student experience. The ketchup is just here to be my friend. Like Wilson the volleyball. <laughs> my education costs five thousand a year, and the name of the school on my diploma costs forty-five. I make good choices. <laughs> Perfect. I well, it is. I believe in you, Janelle. Yes, you should, and I hope you do because it's a Janelle week, and because it's a Janelle week, we're doing true crime. Oh, because yeah. eventually, living 
in a sardine can with eight million people just makes you want to see them all dead. <laughs> you get really fond of the idea of murder. Yeah. The real truth <laughs> is violence. See, when you live somewhere, like, with reasonable rent, you see it as like, oh no, murder's a tragedy. And then you move here and you're like, ah, that is a freed up apartment I could- <laughs> It could really thin out the population. I mean- <laughs> I'd just like to, like, inhale once today and not immediately fill my lungs with the smell of, you know, cat piss and armpit. (laughs) It's mostly just boiled hot dog, actually, from one end of the (laughs) island to the other. That's what New York smells like. (laughs) It's like I'm there. (laughs) If you want the New York experience, you should just eat a piece of- no, actually, don't eat your inferior pizza. Just basically live in a sardine box and occasionally, like- put your face into a stranger's butt. Yeah, just get a fume hood, a pair of old pants, and a hot dog. Have at it. (laughs) Have fun. Questionable hot dog. (laughs) I haven't died yet, and I can go to Central Park whenever I want to. Actually, that's a lie. I can only go when it's light out, or I'll die. I could go to Central Park. It's a theoretical can. I could go in the dark. It's just, do I want to ever come back? Yeah, it's just like the integrity of my, my internal organs would be in question. I guess but I still technically can. And that, isn't that what liberty is all about? Freedom. America. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm living the American dream, which is that you can be stabbed by a stranger in a park at any time you want. <laughs> That's what the founding fathers believed in. True freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. Here, up in the frozen northern nanny state, I am frequently prevented from having my organs repeatedly perforated by by strange men in balaclavas, and I resent that. Hands <laughs> off, Nanny State. Hands off. <laughs> Stop protecting my kidneys. I want my rights, and my kidneys want their rights. To be stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> this is why neither of us went to law school. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let me be a defense attorney. Actually, don't. People's don't. lives are at stake. Absolutely not. I would not trust you with my freedom or anything. Just anything. My finances, feeding my goldfish. People shouldn't let me be involved in anything legal. I don't care what it is. A divorce? No. Child child custody? Absolutely not. (laughs) Actual murder trials? Please, please restrain me. (laughs) (laughs) I would barely trust you to lick the stamp on my divorce filings. (laughs) Uh, you probably shouldn't. I have I have strange saliva. <laughs> of course, you it do. is of an unfortunate consistency. Every time you talk, I grow increasingly convinced that your parents found you in a cornfield. My mom once made a joke like that. Well, I think it was a joke where she, <laughs> I, I said something about the chiaroscuro of the sunset. She just turned to me and she said, "I don't know who your father is. In fact, I don't even know who your mother is. I think someone <laughs> must have switched you out in the hospital." <laughs> I would be more concerned about that if you weren't a carbon copy of your mother. Oh, absolutely. I look just like her. Your it's whole like family I'm a clone. <laughs> My mom had a lot of dominant genes. <laughs> just a lot. Her Apparently, yeah, the people of her, her genetics have... <laughs> suplexed my father's. <laughs> they pile drive them right to the ground. I got his eyes and his freckles and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the rest was just a genetic semi truck. It was a it was a slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> there were no survivors except for your face. Yep. I got Excellent. a little bit of freckles across my nose and I tend to burn like hell in the sun. 
I think those are actually in our logo. I think your freckles are represented. Oh, yeah. Not only are my freckles represented, but the strange, like, dark mole I have on my upper lip is painted in strange detail. Detail. Our uh, our graphic designer, uh, Ash Hulowitz, is nothing if not thorough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ash, thank you so much for for the logo. Also, stop fucking staring at my lips. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, Love you. I have no, no comment that would not get us bumped to a higher explicit rating. <laughs> Ah, right. come on. Let's reach the height of heights. Let's 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 not. <laughs> All right. So speaking of things that are awful, because we need an awkward segue. Always. Are you tap dancing on your microphone? I don't think so. That's just Maybe the there's... sound of my beating heart with excitement for their new topic. Excellent. Well, this is you should be because we're doing true crime and we are doing the best true crime ever. Ever. Periods between all of those words. Just add them in. Ever. 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 All caps. Make sure you're thinking in all caps, baby. I literally, like, I had so many other plans for episodes, and then I found a mention of this topic in a YouTube comment, and it was so incredible that I had to do it immediately. We skipped several weeks worth of material to get to this point. You actually read a a useful YouTube comment? I was feeling brave. That's amazing. (laughs) Sometimes... You, we are just so risk averse because you know all the the bile and the and the pointless off topic arguments about atheism, and then you just get this beautiful moment where someone speaks to you from the void of terrifying angry voles and says, "Voila! Here's your new podcast. I gift to you this beautiful podcast idea." Yeah. No, it is it is fantastic. So this week. We are talking about the Phantom of Heilbronn, which is, I'm pretty sure, not pronounced correctly. I think there's more phlegm in there. Yeah. Heilbronn. I don't know. Heilbronn. Heilbronn. She is the best female German serial killer that you have never heard of. Best. So, yes. Let's fucking do this. So, the Phantom of Heilbronn first became known to police in 2007 after the murder of a 22-year-old German police no- woman whose name I'm not going to pronounce with any respect for the dead um <laughs> michelle although i suspect there's not a lot of german women running around named michelle there's an accent goo. i don't know what's going on here kaiswetter kaiswetter i don't know something like that i can't that. help you i can't read my it. entire knowledge of german is basically old tapes of hitler speeches from the 12th grade so <laughs> <laughs> i'm a little scared to yeah, go like, full like, German here. Like a thick Austrian accent and a strange amount of shouting. <laughs> That's all I know. So this this happened in Heilbronn. Ah. So Kaiswetter and her partner... Kiesewetter. Kiesewetter? Yeah. Did you Google this? Yes. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. God, I love the internet. It's Kiesewetter. <laughs> Kiesewetter. Okay, I'm going to take your word for this. If I get angry tweets from German people who are displeased with this name, it's all on you. Uh, I, I take that. I take that head on. So Kiesewetter and her police partner, Martin Arnold, apparently I can't pronounce that one either, um, were shot on their lunch break during April 25th, 2007. So it had been a really warm day that day. They drove to a local park whose name I'm now going to butcher. Theresenwiesen? No, that can't be right. Theresenwiesen. No, there's no end on the end. I just added a consonant from the void. Theresenwiesen. I don't know. It's where they died. German W's are pronounced V. They're Why? V's. Why don't you just have a V? 
Fuck you, German. It's like they're a completely different language with completely different orthographic norms, Janelle. You Shut up, uncultured swine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this. I don't need this in my life. <laughs> so they drove to an unpronounceable park to eat lunch. And while they were there, they were both shot in the back of the head. We don't oh. really know any other... Yeah, this, this. I mean, this went from a lighthearted orthographic discussion to tragedy really fast. I <laughs> probably should have stretched that one out a little more. <laughs> my comedic timing is off. <laughs> You've thrown me. You've rocked my world. Double user Vs. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> anyway, execution style. Moving anyway, on. Anyway, execution. <laughs> execution. We don't really know any details about how the crime happened because, um, I mean, Keith and Vether died. So that kind of put a damper on things. Mm. And Arnold has no memory of that day beyond parking the car at the park. Um, so everything else we know about the crime was sort of reconstructed from the crime scene. Mm. So a civilian in the park oh, so found he the survived. car. Oh, yeah, he's he survived. Mm. He just wasn't helpful. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not blaming the poor guy. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, I don't remember anything. I was shot in the head and that's where my brain's <laughs> Excuses. <kept>. Walk it <laughs> off. Walk it off. Keep your brain somewhere better. God. Put it somewhere safe. <laughs> <laughs> I have standards here. Don't no, he you did know survive. that you're gonna get shot in the head eventually? <laughs> God. Is that just how you live your life? You're just walking around Vancouver and you're like, all right, fuckers, bring it on. Who's gonna shoot me? Mm, that's why mom says I have to wear the helmet. That's not why. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why, and that's not one of them. So a civilian in the park found the crime scene, called an ambulance, but Michelle passed away before it arrived. Mm. Martin did survive the attack. I've switched to first names because they're pronounceable, because I'm an idiot. So he survived the attack, but he was in a coma for a month. And he required numerous surgeries and five months of rehabilitation. He's permanently paralyzed on one side of his body. So, I mean, I can't really blame him for not being the like, most stellar eyewitness in the world. Also, I mean, he was shot in the back, so. Yeah. Even if they, he had seen who shot him. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> questionable. Um, but he did survive. He actually went back to police work afterwards. He, he's not a oh. patrolman. He's a desk, uh, desk cop. But, I mean, good on you, Martin Arnold. Yeah. Good on you. He did walk it off. He did walk it off. Kind of. Um, eventually. It's the thought that counts. So this was like a really high profile crime in Germany. People do not get shot in the back of the head in Germany very often. Never mind two police officers sitting in a park. Yeah, and police tend to not take the murder of one of their own very well. No, that's not a stereotype I have about the police. That they're, you know, just chill about the sudden violent deaths of their coworkers. What a weird stereotype that would be. You know what I've heard about those police over there? They have a lackadaisical attitude towards solving the murder of one of their own. <laughs> strange. It is, yeah, it, it's intuitively strange and it's also consistently uh, disproven by the actual behavior of actual police. <laughs> also, it's not a stereotype that anybody holds. It'd be like no. looking at a cop and being like, you know what I've heard about those people? I've heard they don't use enough Worcestershire sauce in their roasts. Mm. Fuck them. <laughs> no, not a stereotype. Yeah. In the normal world. Yeah. <laughs> it is a pretty inexplic inexplicable stereotype, but also a lot of stereotypes are pretty inexplicable. I I am consistently confused by a lot of the stereotypes people hold and the attitudes that they attribute and justify because of them. I am consistently baffled. <laughs> oh, like the best stereotypes I've ever heard are just like stereotypes that Ivy League students have about other Ivy League students. <laughs> I heard the best joke the other day. What is? How many Yale students does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. 
None. New Haven looks better in the dark. <laughs> this has oh. been Snob Corner with Janelle. I'm paying so much money to make these jokes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's that, that's really fun. You know, the, nothing fascinates me more than, the, than how much snobby, like, Ivy League students hate other snobby league, uh, snobby Ivy League students. They're the kind of stereotypes that don't really hurt anybody. And, you know, that makes them kind of charming. How many Princeton students does it take to change a light bulb? How many? Daddy! (laughs) (laughs) See, I I, I really like that one. I really like that one. But that is not (laughs) my favorite. My absolute favorite was the one you told me about Brock University. Which is not an American school at all. No, it's not an American or an Ivy League. No, <laughs> that's no, no. that's a Canadian safety school. That is that is a Canadian safety school. And the the joke you told me about them was if you can walk and talk, walk and you talk, can go you to can Brock. go to Brock. <laughs> I did not I make that even, up. That's just a Canadian I, truism. I just I don't even know anything about Brock University except that, and it's the except funniest it's safety, shit I've ever heard. <laughs> it's a safety school for kids who eat paste. <laughs> now we're gonna get sued. <laughs> Sue us, Brock. We could use the publicity. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> uh, back back to murder before you get us sued by a Canadian university. So, after this murder, the police found female DNA at the crime scene. So, police decided to solve the crime. They were going to start comparing this unidentified DNA to other DNA recovered from unsolved cold cases, which is a fairly standard technique. And what they found completely blew them away. Seems straightforward. It's, I mean, it should have been. So, by March of 2009, that same female DNA had been connected to 40 separate crimes, six of which were murders, which is bizarre holy shit (laughs) yeah no like we're gonna talk about this but this was a weird finding um yeah that is unbelievably prolific yeah so the first crime dated back to 1993 which is older than some of our listeners um a great deal of our listeners i was three years old i was one um so (laughs) her dna was found on a cup recovered from a crime scene where a 62 year old woman was murdered in germany Due to changes in technology, the DNA was, wasn't was actually analyzed until 2001. Mm. Um, it wasn't just murders, though, which was strange. That same female DNA was found in everything from break-ins to drug deals to domestic disturbances. Um, and not just in Germany. It was found in cases from Germany, France, and Austria. So I have a list of, like, just a smattering of some of the crimes that she was involved in. Her so DNA was... Yeah. An extremely broad geographic distribution. Yeah. Like, this is... Stretching back over an insane amount of time. Well, 20 years. <laughs> the crimes involved have vastly different motivations. And oh, yeah, I'm going to read some of them here. MOs. Interesting. Um, so her DNA was found on a heroin syringe that was located in the woods in Germany in 2001. It was found on a half-eaten cookie in a trailer that had been broken into, also in Germany in 2001. It was found on a toy gun that was left at a robbery of a Vietnamese gemstone store in France in 2004. It was found on a projectile that had been thrown during a fight between two brothers in Germany in 2004, and I have no idea why that was DNA tested. <laughs> but... If you chuck a bottle at your brother's head while you're drunk in Germany in 2004, they will DNA analyze that shit, apparently. I'm hoping that was, like, a low time in crime for the German police, because (laughs) if they're doing it because they have nothing better to do, kudos to them. (laughs) You know what we should do today? Test this rock. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds fun. (laughs) It's that German efficiency, I guess. 
Test yeah, like, all the things. Test all the things. But this is a weird collection of shit. Like, hmm, oh yeah, I'm just going to st- like I'm a criminal mastermind. I'm just going to stop and eat half a cookie for, <laughs> during this murder, and then put the other half back. What's mm. DNA? Brilliant. Magic. Brilliant. I'm a criminal mastermind. <laughs> I don't think the kinds of people who rob trailers are criminal masterminds in general. Probably not. Her DNA was found at the scene of a burglary of an optometrist's office, which is apparently a thing people steal from, mm. in Austria in 2007. It was found in a disused public swimming pool after a robbery in Germany in 2008, which again, seriously, police, what do you, do you have nothing else to do? Do you DNA test every object you find? <laughs> oh, look at this funny thing! This. Let's how do you check get it for for human bits? <laughs> how do you get a? Also, yeah, like it's a public swimming pool. What the hell? Yeah, but like, like <laughs> I, I'm amazed you could even get like one distinct DNA sample rather than just like 800 different fractions of child urine. I was just gonna say it's just gonna be a lot of mixed pee. <laughs> That's all public swimming pools are. Yeah. They're like baths with stranger pee in it. Yeah, just a, an, an unusually high, a bath with an unusually high percentage of the bodily excretions of complete strangers. That's grosser than when I said it. It's a I, lot grosser than when I said I it. I endeavor to- To be as gross as, dis- as To be possible. as disgusting as possible. If I can make a listener gag merely by the assonance of my syllables- I will consider that a job well done. I was originally going for, like, comedy, but I guess Saw-style make the audience throw up on the bus is (laughs) fine. (laughs) Her DNA was also found in a car that was used to transport the bodies of three murdered Georgian nationals in Germany in 2008. So, like, lady gets around. Yeah, gosh. She's a jewel heist, heroin in the middle of the woods. She is the Carmen San Diego of Germany. Oh, yeah. Stealing their cookies. (laughs) I think that one actually might have been Santa Claus. (laughs) Santa Claus broke into your home, ate half a cookie. That's uh, (laughs) straight out of the Santa playbook right there. So despite the fact that this woman had been involved in dozens of crimes, the police really didn't have much to go on. Like, obviously, from my crazy grab bag list... There's no rhyme or reason to her crimes or even the location where she's committing crimes. Why would you go to France to rob a jewelry store? They have plenty of perfectly good Vietnamese jewelry stores you can rob right here in Germany. They're everywhere, uh, you know? Yeah, why would you take part in six murders but also a bar brawl? Like, why? Why? Yeah, and like, if you're on vacation, like, why did you think that was the best time to rob a Vietnamese jewelry store? <laughs> Tourism is so boring. Why, why would I see the Eiffel Tower? When oh, I can come just on. Commit grand larceny. You don't want to go to all those, you know, trendy tourist spots. You don't get the feel for the real France, where the real Paris, where people really live. I want to live like the locals, sticking up <laughs> local stores, giving back. I really want to meet the people, preferably in a hostage situation. <laughs> this is why people hate tourists. We ruin everything. Yeah, you, 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 tourists, you wonder why the French are so rude? It's because every tourist comes into their country and then just robs all their Vietnamese jewelry stores. Yeah, yeah, that's the I'm, true ugly American stereotype. I'm personally rude to tourists because they refuse to jaywalk, which is sort of a way of life in New York City. Yeah. Because all of us, like, have a secret desire to be hit by a car. Yeah. 
And when tourists just stand there on the curb when the light's red like a fucking rube. Mm. <laughs> You're wasting everyone's time with your lack of suicidal ideation. You're forcing me to shove you in traffic, is basically what you're doing. We're all moving this way. There's a hundred of us. You're coming too. <laughs> yeah. If you are if you want to get to Olive Garden on time, you've got to come with us. <laughs> God, I hate them. <laughs> You've been there for less than six months, and already you have all the rage of a local New Yorker. But I jaywalk like a champion. <laughs> <laughs> That's what matters. You really, <laughs> when in Rome, do as the Roman do, Romans do. When in New York, scream at taxis yeah. and commit civil infractions. <laughs> That's what we do here. So the Phantom had also managed to avoid being captured on any security camera footage, which is incredible because Europe is basically 1984. Yeah. Um, and yeah. eyewitnesses to her crime consistently reported that she looked like a man, which was questionable. <laughs> I mean, you're one to laugh because eyewitnesses to your crimes consistently think that you look like a man. Or a, or a man-like being. <laughs> they're just, they're genuinely distressed. I, I don't know. It was wearing a suit. And it had a lesbian haircut. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Is this a man, a woman, or first contact? I'm not quite sure. It could go anyway. Is it an alien? Is it one of the fae? Who knows? <laughs> All I know is it wasn't wearing shoes, and it kept smiling at me. If you are one of the fae, then Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings got it horribly wrong. You look nothing like Legolas. <laughs> I was promised a skinny, svelte elf man. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think there is a certain physical resemblance between me and Orlando Bloom, but only in terms of pure, raw sexual charisma. <laughs> oh, God. Every, it's The reason I put an explicit tag on this podcast was not for the swearing. It was <laughs> for the that. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird because like people are just like, oh, swearing super bad, blah blah blah. There are so many things that are way more distur disturbing than the word fuck. So many things, <laughs> and all of them lurk behind my eyes. <laughs> Jessica's dubious sexuality, her horrifying childhood, the fact that she currently lives in a closet and survives off of shots of Heinz. <laughs> <laughs> the world can be so much worse than people just saying shit. This is basically podcast gothic. Where am I? I'm in a closet. What am I eating? Oh, it's ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Who knows? Am I a man? Am I a woman? I don't know, but either way, I, I look pretty gay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm gonna get behind that. No matter what you are, you're definitely gay. Oh, like, that's a massive problem that people have when interacting with me is that they can't quite determine my gender, but no matter what that gender is, they're pretty sure I'm attracted to the exact same one I am. So when I'm hanging out with a man, they're like, boyfriends. And when I'm hanging out with a woman, girlfriends. Yeah, I'm sure the people on your home planet have it figured out. <laughs> I mean, on my home planet, we only have the, the, we have the three genders. There's a lot more variety you can customize. <laughs> like Sims. Yeah. Excellent. So in some cases, the crimes that the Phantom were like involved in were actually solved during the two years, and the accomplices to these crimes never admitted that she existed, which was strange. There also seemed yeah, to be no- odd. Yeah, Why are multiple, like, petty thieves, like, refusing to acknowledge the ex existence of their female accomplice? Is she just terrifying? 
Oh yeah, no matter how good your friends are, if you commit a crime with them, they will roll over on you. They will rat you out immediately. I... There is no loyalty when you're looking at ten years in prison. I would rat Jessica out before they even offered a plea deal. Oh, in a minute. They don't even have minute, to dangle anything. In a minute. Like, I don't even have to have committed a crime. You will no, no. you will shove me right under the bus just to get yourself just to get yourself out of out of there. <laughs> oh, for no benefit at all. Just to bring you down with me. <laughs> the NYPD will be coming for you. I just want a friend in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Recording live from Sing Sing Penitentiary. Like, if we get into a reasonably good prison with our dual, like, our dueling plea agreements, then they'll probably still let us podcast, right? (laughs) We'll get at least one hour of a computer time a week. And my parents said I didn't have a plan for my future. How wrong they Three were. square meals a day. Free accommodations. <laughs> it's better than I'm doing now. Just don't make eye contact with anyone. <laughs> awesome. So, when the Phantom started committing crimes in Austria, the Austrians did their own DNA analysis, and they determined that the DNA belonged to a woman of Eastern European or Russian descent. This kind of analysis isn't done in Germany because it's not actually admissible in their courts. Mm. The only thing you can use, the only social category you can use to in court in Germany is gender. Yeah. You can only say the biological sex of somebody with X and Y. You cannot make comments about their race based on genetic markers, but you can yeah. totally fucking do it in Austria. Yeah. Um, uh, the Germans are a little sensitive about the government <laughs> there using are some race reasons. as a categorization. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, a, it's a sore spot. Who knows why, but it's a bit of a sore spot. I can't imagine. I don't know. Germany's mm. never done anything bad. Baffling. I don't That's know why weird. they'd be so sensitive. Get uh, over I think Germany. <laughs> Germany in the 1940s, I just think beautiful Hugo Boss suits and well-made watches. Mm. That's about it. I can't think of anything else. Audis? Mm. I don't know. Completely mis- Fanta? I don't know what it could possibly be. Yeah, they're just they're just not known for a lot historically. Mm. They just came out of the woodwork. Yeah. In the like, early two thousands. It's super normal for people like living in Canada and the US, like, oh yeah, like the census asks, you know, like what your what your race is, what your ethnicity is. There are some countries where it would be highly controversial for the government to ever ask that for uh, historical reasons. <laughs> they should probably not ask it in Canada, not because mm. of, like, social reasons, just because Canadians are dicks. Yeah. I think, like, 16,000 of us report that we're Jedi on the religion section. <laughs> like, the Canadian we government- We absolutely do. It was statistically significant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every single year, when the census comes out, the government is like, please, for the love of God- do not write yourselves down as fucking Jedi. And every single year, thousands of Canadians report that their religion is Jedi. So now it's, if you look at official Canadian census records, it's on there. Yeah. It's a statistically because... significant portion of our population identify as Jedi because we're all dicks. Mm. And this is in the context, we love the sentence census. We were oh, so Canadians. angry when the long-form <laughs> census was taken away from us that it was oh, a it was major rage. mark against the last federal government. We were enraged. I filled out the census on the first day that it was available, and so many other Canadians did the same that the site crashed. Yeah. We the census was down so for half a day. Psyched. We were so unbelievably pumped to give the government free statistical information, information about ourselves. Take my information. That it learned my out demographics. The site. We basically committed a server attack 
uh, against our own government because we were just so jazzed to tell them whether or not we ha- them whether or not we have a septic tank in our house. Oh my god, it's just like, please, daddy, ask me what language I speak at home. Like, we're so excited about this. So excited. It borders no on matter, sexual. <laughs> but no matter how excited we are for censuses and specific data about demogra- and demographic information, we will never love it as much as we love being unreasonable dickholes on official forms. Okay, I looked this up because you're not the only person who can Google shit halfway through a podcast. Eh. The Jedi census phenomenon has its own fucking Wikipedia page. (laughs) And Canada are the worst. (laughs) In the 2001 census, 21,000 Canadians put their religion down as Jedi Knight. This fact was referenced by the Prime Minister's office as a rationale for making the 40-page long census form voluntary. Boo. 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 <laughs> and the last census, only 9,000 of us. Too. Yeah, well, there's only 9,000 of us that are still assholes enough to put that down, apparently. <laughs> I know 9, what I'm doing. 9,000 <laughs> people. The next time my number is called for the long form census, I know what I'm doing. I was so sad that I didn't get to fill out the census. A bunch of my <laughs> friends got to fill it out, and I just felt so left out. <laughs> my metachlorians are tingling. <laughs> Also, ask me whether I take public transit to work. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Actually, like, StatsCan is one of my favorite websites. I love it so much. It's so useful. StatsCan is also my favorite Twitter feed, but not the real one. The fake StatsCan. (laughs) Fake StatsCan is is pretty awesome. The stats are still real, honestly. (laughs) I've got to find one now that I've mentioned it. It's Ah. true, though. 89% of Canadians are in the wrong line at Tim Hortons. And also, it's true that only 3% of men renting in, ranting in alleyways are as funny as Rick Mercer. Eh. <laughs> All true statistics. Canadian kids in halls are 73% funnier than kids in corridors and 92% funnier than kids in vestibules. I swear this is funny if you grew up in Canada. It's funny if you live here, okay? <laughs> we have I our own special that humor. <laughs> you might feel superior, Americans, but you get most of your comedians imported from here. You don't have Rick Mercer and you should feel sad. <laughs> He's Excellent. charming in his own Canadian way. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so back to the Phantom. Back to the, the police, phantom. Yeah, the police went totally insane over this case because the public was completely up in arms that a p- cop killer hadn't been arrested. And they again, they don't take the murder of one of their own lightly. Yeah. So the media dubbed And people the don't the f- feel particularly safe when the people they normally think of as their protectors uh, get shot in the head. Yeah, Execution no. style. It no. makes people nervous. <laughs> I wonder why. So they dubbed the killer the phantom of Heilbronn or the woman without a face. In reference to the fact that, like, despite the fact she'd committed 40 crimes and they had her DNA on file, nobody had any clue what she looked like. The police spent a total of 16,000 man-hours working on the case and made virtually no progress. And in 2009, a 300,000-euro reward was offered for information leading to the capture of the Phantom. Which is a lot of euros. It's a lot of euro. I don't know the conversion rate and I'm not gonna Google it, but it's a lot. Not gonna bother. Just take my word for it. Tons if I Google of money. it, I Absolute will have to tons. be reminded of the Canadian exchange rate, and that just makes me sad. So it's, it is a depressing, heartrending fact. It is. Your um, money is worthless, and you are worthless. 
That's what I think. First thing every day. Just, I look into the morning mirror every morning and I just repeat that to myself again and again to get myself psyched up with rage and ennui. My dollar is worth 80% of an American's and me, I am worth 80% of an American. And now breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and now Wheaties. <laughs> Um, so the police always kind of had nagging doubts that something wasn't quite right with this investigation. Part of the reason this case seems so weird to them was the same reason it feels weird to you. Female criminals of this magnitude. Oh my god. I was drunk when I wrote my notes. I wrote down that they are hella rare and hella unusual. <laughs> Don't drink and research. Drunk Janelle is not exactly, a- doesn't ex- isn't exactly academic in tone. She's down with the youth culture, though. That's yeah. just what matters. She is hip um, to their jive. She's hella lit. So <laughs> Hella lit, fam. That hurt me. I'm this hurts. My yeah. insides don't feel right. I enjoy harassing people by saying urban slang in an extremely painfully suburban manner. It brings me <laughs> a certain sick fascination and joy. I just that like watching f- people yeah. flinch when I say things like lit. People also flinch when you say things like I have the raw sexual <laughs> magnetism <laughs> of anything. Orlando Bloom. <laughs> yeah, that's what we flinch. Yeah. Most people just laugh at me because it's an obvious lie. Because I have, <laughs> in fact, all the... Raw sexual magnetism of a potted plant? Of an unripe cantaloupe. <laughs> also that. Also that. <laughs> so to understand why the Phantom of Heilbronn is so unusual and unlikely... You kind of have to understand a little bit about female criminals. Oh, this is why I was drinking, because these stats are horrifying. Yeah. So there's a, <laughs> these are going to be a bunch of statistics, so pay attention, Drink because criminal justice... To death. Not yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> criminal justice is depressing. So in general, men commit more crimes than women. This is true across the lifespan, it's true across history, and it's true across cultures. And no one is totally sure why that is. Yeah, like the biggest predictor of criminality is gender and we don't know why yeah if you tweet this at all a man will show up to tell you that you're wrong and that it's just because people don't report crimes committed by women but that's actually not true even if you Um, speak this whisper this silently to yourself in an empty hallway a man will suddenly appear as if by magic to inform you of your unbelievable womanly incorrectness Oh, I'm fully expecting a man to, like, tumble in from my fire escape and just be like, mm, actually. Yeah, but just, he's wrong. Just that exact, those exact words in that exact tone. Just, mm, mm actually. actually. <laughs> he's wrong and I will push him to his death from a fourth-story fire escape. Um, so men not only commit more crimes in official crime statistics, but they also self-report committing more crimes in anonymous surveys. So the difference isn't just due to under-reporting female perpetrators. Men genuinely commit more crimes. When women do commit crimes, they are way, way more likely to commit property crimes and drug crimes. Mm. They are much, much less likely than men to commit violent crimes. And when women do commit violent acts, they are way more likely than men to be acting in self-defense. Women are also known to have way fewer infractions while they're in prison, and they have way lower recidivism rates than men. We're just better guys. Um, (laughs) We're just clearly superior. What's really well, interesting I about this? I punched a single person today, and I feel good. very proud of that. You made it through a whole day. Now you got to make it two all-time yeah. record. I'm 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 going for the gold this time. I I really believe in myself. 
I occasionally have to just go to Central Park because if it didn't exist, I would eat another human. <laughs> you get it gets weird living in this kind of population density. Yeah, that's that's the only reason why urban spaces like have parks is just to keep the population from cannibalizing itself, like uh like a hedgehog, like a hedgehog with its young. Oh, that's horrifying. But also true, like, the only reason that Manhattan isn't the fucking arena from the Hunger Games is because we have Central Park. Yeah, it, it's it's either a tree a day or fucking Mad Max. Absolutely. Don't fuck Mad Max. He's, he's actually, no. He's a Mad little Max, gamey. You can fuck. He's, he's can a little fuck. gamey. <laughs> he wears a Still, mask for a reason. I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating crackers. Yeah. Or anything. Especially new Mad Max. That's what I'm saying. New Mad, fuck old Mad Max. I don't care. Yeah. New Mad Max? Yeah. Go for it. This is. I mean, at least weird. I'm under the impression. <laughs> I was gonna say, what do you know? <laughs> I'm like, these, ah, yes. Sandy these Jersey, sounds of approval that's exactly are lies. what normal heterosexual women are into. <laughs> All of your sounds of appro- approval are the sounds of lies. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on my social skills, and one important social skill is agreeing and murmuring knowingly while nodding when other people express typical uh, interests and urges. When women are sexually aggressive towards celebrities they don't know, you just have to go with it. Yeah, you just go with it. You just go with it. Because apparently looking disgusted or off, like, or or like slightly ill every time people mention sexual attraction, uh, not a popular social trait. (laughs) Not generally. It will not make you friends. <laughs> Looking Neither bemused will... every time people mention the raw animal magnetisms of Orlando Bloom uh, will not get you invited to slumber parties. For the record, the reason you don't have friends is not because of your sexuality. It's because you periodically howl at the moon. <laughs> <laughs> the sexuality is the least of my problems. People find that <laughs> actually charming. It's on the bottom of the list. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, I need to remember this about her. But like, on the other hand, she did bark at me the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, so what's really interesting about the crime rate is that women are actually way more likely than men to be mentally ill, but they still commit far fewer crimes. Mm. Which is just a fun little fact I threw in because it's the only fact. No, it's still a depressing fact. This yeah. is this was They're a also failure. more likely to be impoverished and still commit less property crime, so... Get it together, men. Get it together, men. Raise the bar. Suffer in silence. So the... Oh, okay. Not where we were going. This is not a (laughs) mental health podcast. (laughs) Oh, God. Do not take our advice. I mean, it comes up a lot, but that's for reasons. I am gonna add a disclaimer to the intro. It's gonna be, we say vrai for the love of God, don't take medical advice from us. Je suis un anana. (laughs) And this is gonna come again right before right before Rob Ford. <laughs> I don't remember why we put a terrifying children's show in the intro, but we <laughs> that did. was at my insistence. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Every it was horrifying. Else... It came from you. Yeah, <laughs> everything else in that intro is is purely you. But I insisted <laughs> that the public access television pineapple <laughs> puppet that lives in a lives in a garbage dump. That needed to be in there. (laughs) That is our version of uh, the Canadian version of Sesame Streets. And yeah, there is a talking pineapple puppet (laughs) 
that lives in a garbage dump and talks to children. <laughs> this is why people never turn their back to me. <laughs> Entirely good. in French. People walk backwards out of the room <laughs> when they leave. <laughs> um... <laughs> So the statistics about women who do actually commit crimes are endlessly depressing. Uh, so it, this is a good place to pause, get yourself a glass of wine. If you're listening to this on your commute, you need to pull over, you need to get some Skittles or something. Just Don't drink something and drive. to take the edge off. Yeah, you can't drink and drive, but you, you can and should eat your feelings. Do it. Do it always. So women make up about 14% of all violent criminals, according to self-report surveys, which is not a lot. Mm. And three quarters Pretty of low. those... Yeah, it's pretty low. Three quarters of those violent offenders, female violent offenders, were booked for simple assault. They got pissed they hit somebody. Yeah. I don't know. What do you want me to do about it? People hit people. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you get a lot of feelings and you punch somebody. You just punch them. But I'm not doing that today because I'm getting better. I didn't know they made child leashes in adult sizes until I met you. <laughs> just, I just moments after we met, I felt compelled to look that up. Hmm. I like the animal ones, but they don't usually come in my size. <laughs> it's a weird custom request. So that was the last statistic that's going to be non-horrifying. So female offenders are way more likely to come from horrifying, abusive, Charles Dickens novel-style backgrounds than male offenders. So they're more likely to have mental health issues. 73% of them have mental health issues versus 55% of men. 57% report sexual abuse compared to 16% of men. 40% are on drugs versus 32% of men. 2.6% have HIV versus 1.8% of men. Over 80% of female offenders have a history of physical or verbal abuse. And then, of course, it sucks if you're not white. Black women are two times as more likely to get- As it usually does. As usually. This is a theme. Black women are two times more likely to get locked up than white women, and Hispanic women are 1.2 times as likely. I could actually, like, go on, but it that was the least depressing statistics I could it find. It does is, not get more cheerful from here. This is comedy, damn it! Um, <laughs> laugh! Laugh at the so, horror of existence! Here's a confusing statistic, if you're listening to this in the middle of the night, just take a moment. The number of men and women committing crimes each year is dropping, but male crimes are dropping faster than female crimes, and women are the fastest growing prison population. Huh. Yes. So female crimes are dropping, but the prison population is growing, which is mostly because it's changing in proportion to men, and also because more and more women are being snagged by mandatory drug sentencing, which has mm. just hurt everybody and is a bad idea. I'm getting political yeah. for two seconds, and now I'm done. <laughs> this was your brief intermission for for by Janelle Como, Como on the horror on the horrors of American politics. You may now resume this... your normal apolitical horrific crime humor. I have this like class on like psychology for marginalized populations, and my professor looks like Professor Trelawney from the Harry Potter series. <laughs> and basically, every day she comes in, she stands at the front of the room, and she's just like, "Fuck the system. The man is terrible." <laughs> And then we start the lecture. It's great. Yeah. You know, social workers, like, I also have a teacher who is a social worker. Are they are the most people. justifiably angry people <laughs> on the planet. Oh, yeah. This this professor is a social worker, for sure. She's a <laughs> PhD in social work. Yeah. These are kind, empathetic people who spend most of their working lives trying to look after the saddest, most unfairly brutalized people. <laughs> I'm going to start a nonprofit that just gives punching bags to social workers. <laughs> it's just like, hmm, you know what we should do? We should create an entire profession around people with strong, empathetic feelings 
and and a deep shovel human duty of care towards people, and then just stubby shove mound after mound of human misery into their gaping maws. Just all the shit we do to each other. Let's just dump it on social workers. <laughs> this has been four minutes of politics with Janelle and Jessica. Yay! So why does the gender gap exist in crime? So people have blamed everything from testosterone to gender roles, and the truth is, I mean, it's probably all of the above. We don't fucking yeah. know. Both. Um, Maybe something else. Traditionally, yeah, traditionally a lot of people believe that women would commit crimes if they could. They just had fewer opportunities to it because you would live at home under your parents' supervision and then you would get married and then you'd be handed to your husband like a piece of fucking luggage. And there was no point in your life where you're actually just fancy free and able to become the violent drug kingpin you always dreamed of being. Yeah, that's the real, that's the real harm of treating women like chattel. They never really have the the time, the freedom to go full, full Breaking Bad. Yeah, they they just never go full Heisenberg, and that's a real shame. Yeah. They're not living up. They're not living their best lives. So true, in 1998, true yeah. self actualization is refusing your arranged marriage and cooking meth in your garage. This is why only one of us has a psych degree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, I can tell people I have a psych degree. They probably won't check. (laughs) Terrifying. (laughs) Damn it, I could have just lied. Shit. That was a really expensive degree I got for no reason. When in doubt, Um, lie. No, don't take life advice. That's fraud. It's it's going in the fucking intro, I swear to God. So, a 1998 study titled Gender Self-Control in Crime by Burton, Cullen, Evans, Allard, and Dunaway in the Journal of Research and Crime and Delinquency studied the impact of self-control on criminals of both genders. Because I am thorough and I read scientific studies for this shit. So what they found was that men with low self-control were more likely to commit crimes regardless of how much opportunity they had. In women, though, women with low self-control only committed more crimes if they were exposed to high opportunities to do so. There's some issues with this study because the only population that reliably returned surveys enough to use them was white participants, so they only Mm. studied that population. Also, super fun, if people didn't return the surveys by a certain date, they would passive-aggressively mail them a pen, which I think is hilarious. (laughs) Right in there, they were like, as a firm but gentle reminder, they were mailed pens. (laughs) I guess to imply that you don't have a pen at your house? Clearly, the reason you're not filling out our survey is because you don't have the implement necessary. Please (laughs) allow us. We shall provide. (laughs) I love bureaucratic and academic passive aggression. It's just so restrained. And that really brings out a lot of creativity. (laughs) (laughs) It's an art form. Takes years Mm. to master. Basically, though, this study found that men and women commit crimes for different reasons. And that if a man has low self-control, he's just going to do it. It doesn't matter what his circumstances are. But if a woman has low self-control, you still have to basically hand her a brick of coke and point her to a dark alley. (laughs) This is also not... You've got to lead that horse to water. And you can't necessarily make a drink. Especially not if she's drinking heroin. Yeah. For all of our university student audience, do not cite us in your papers as scientific research. (laughs) You will fail. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Do not. (laughs) (laughs) Also, if you've ever, like, been to high school... You probably know that men tend to use verbal and physical aggression, and women tend to prefer indirect social aggression. So we won't punch you in the face, but we will systemically ruin your life and everything you hold dear. 
Mean Girls is really a form of anthropology. Fun fact, though, men do a lot more cyberbullying, which sort of makes sense if you've huh. ever tried, like, being female and having thoughts on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, like, they once did a test where they uh, gave a bunch of Twitter bots masculine oh versus feminine names to, like, oh, see, no. what, like, the amount of, like, abusive message they got. The female or feminine Twitter handles got a hundred times the abuse. <laughs> To which men were shocked and women were like, yeah. Yeah, it turned out women were not over-reporting the amount of abuse they were getting on the internet. They were grotesquely under-reporting it. I like that they didn't care until it happened to a faceless robot. Yeah. Like, all these women are reporting abuse. But, but now what that about the robot says, Twitter bots? <laughs> now that the robot says, yeah, that tiny egg, default egg, that uh, anonymous robots on Twitter have, uh, yeah, that gets a little more empathy than the average human female. I'm not surprised. <laughs> and, and I know this primarily from the fact that I mostly get verbal abuse on the internet when people can see my name. So it's Facebook and Twitter exclusive. Hooray! Otherwise, my my strange, abnormal gender presentation is really more of an asset. <laughs> Do I be sexist or transphobic? I don't know. I don't I even don't know, know which this is. <laughs> I don't know what the right tool for the job is. <laughs> Shit. I can't just prepared. leave it aside. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, and this is again a statistic that like, if you talk about domestic violence on the internet as a woman, a man will pop up to tell you this. Well, women actually. Um, actually, women and men commit similar amounts of part physical partner violence, which is true, mm -hmm. but men's violence is more severe, it leads to more injuries, and it leads to way more deaths. If you get killed by an intimate partner, you are almost always getting killed by a man. Mm. And when it's the other way around, it literally makes international news. Like, you know who Jody Arias is off the top of your head, especially if you just, like, marathon true crime podcasts. But there yeah. are thousands of male Jody Ariases out there who will never make the news. Yeah, like, Lorena Bobbitt is extremely famous for committing a crime that, like, de literal decades ago, when, like, a similar crime com committed by a man would not have been- would have barely been reported. No, exactly. In general, also, the For main our study- younger viewers, she cut a guy's dick off. I was gonna say it, but then I didn't, because I wasn't <laughs> sure if you knew, and I wasn't about to give you an anatomy speech. You don't- if I need to give you the talk, I would prefer it not happen on this podcast. <laughs> and that it not involves severed, peni severed penises? Generally, that's not an aspect of the talk. No. That was really? not in the- That was not in the Birds and the Bees book I was handed in the fifth grade. Wow, we got a very different sex ed. Sometimes, when a boy makes you really, really mad, you sever his penis. No, it wasn't in And there. then throw it into a ditch. Nope. Nope. Mm -hmm. It was not, was not covered. That I was can... not a normal part of, of eighth grade curriculum. No, I can roll a condom the correct way onto several exciting fruits and vegetables, but I cannot commit, I don't even know what that is, penicide? I don't know. Phallectomy? I don't know. <laughs> that one's better. Um, <laughs> it's also important it's to remember. More Latin. <laughs> yes, it is. The main study of partner violence that is used to make these statistics counts instances of women fighting back as an episode of violence. Mm. So if a man attacks a woman and she fights back, they're both considered to have committed equal violence. So, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah, that's Next why statistically Twitter. most 
partner violence isn't one-sided, it's usually mutual, because most people fight back when they're being attacked. Generally, I guess if you want public sympathy in a large survey, you have to just take it like a doormat. (laughs) So, fuck that. Mm. Um, In general, women are way, way less likely to commit unprovoked violence, and women almost never attack strangers. Yeah. Which, of course, Um, isn't to say it doesn't happen, or that it's not a big deal when it does. Intimate partner violence is always a problem, but it's quite a bit rarer. Yeah. So that brings us to murder. So right off the bat, 90.5% of murders are committed by dudes, um, which is a lot. It's quite a bit. Yeah. Men are also almost 80% of homicide victims, too, which is largely due to drug and gang murders. Mm. But women tend to kill women and men tend to kill men. Cross-gender homicide is less common. The only type- We keep it cate- segregated. We do. It's, it's, um, it's, it's basically like a Mormon church. Yeah. I was going to say church rules apply to murder. Mm. So the only category of murder where women even come close to matching men is in the murder of a biological child under the age of five. But even then, men are still winning. Mm. Or, I don't know if that's winning. No, that's not winning. Yay! You know what I mean. It's not winning. Gold but, star! Yes. No! You no win it, child murder! <laughs> no! Oh, God! Child murder prize! <laughs> what the hell kind of Eagle Scout troop were you a part of? <laughs> There's no get- merit badges for infanticide. <laughs> Well, maybe there should be Janelle. No! It's a skill. This is why you don't lead girl guides. Among many other reasons. Yeah, actually, that's actually... no, the Girl Scouts would probably accept me. I don't know, I think infanticide is the number one reason not to admit anyone to anything. That's, that's probably the drawing line. That's probably the line <laughs> yes, they draw. It's, it's pretty close. We can deal with your gender abnormalities, we can deal with... Um, all the strange things you say. We can deal with the howling, but we have to draw the line at giving out gold stars for murder. <laughs> child child murder is not an acceptable merit badge. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Interestingly, the violence gap between men and women is slightly closing, but the murder gap has not changed. It stayed mm. the exact same. So what about serial killers? Like the Phantom of Heilbronn. Why were they so suspicious of a female serial killer with six kills under her belt? So, for starters, you probably don't know anything about serial, like, female serial killers. Yeah. I don't actually know, like, how old our average audience is because our stats tracker isn't quite that creepy. Yeah. I do know most of you live in Edmonton. We're not that quite that invasive of No, of we're a little invasive. I know that there were six <laughs> listens from, from Saskatoon this week, so hi, Spencer. Hi, but, Spence. <laughs> Other than that, no. Um, hi, Emily. But most people probably remember hearing about two female serial killers in their lifetime, Carla Homoka and Eileen Wuornos. Mm. So women make up about 10% of one-time killers, but they make up 15% of serial killers, which is odd. So make of that what you will. Disproportionate. Probably not that significant. women are disproportionately likely to be serial killers, but, you know, men still get the gold star for serial killing. They still got the merit badge. But, like, there's so few serial killers that, like, if you wanted to just fucking wreck female, female serial killer statistics, you can do it at any time. Which I do. Which I do. No, That's a big nope, plan. It's on my mind. bucket list. Don't do it. Absolutely <laughs> not. This is why your roommate keeps the drawers locked. <laughs> your whole house is childproof. Like, there's 17 newborns in it. Yeah, that's why I'm doing, that's why I'm doing shots of not Heinz compliments ketchup. Because I am sad and poor. Uh, because all the all the child locks on the on the cupboards make it hard for me to get sustenance. I just assumed it was because like your soul needs vinegar to sustain itself. <laughs> Only true bitterness can keep me can keep me alive. 
Excellent. But yeah, it's 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 a super weird thing where like serial killers are an extremely small cohort of people and there's a lot of variation between different types of serial killers. But it's super important that the general stereotypes slash profiles for various types of serial killers we have are based off of male serial killers. Female serial killers are their own thing and they are a much smaller population for which it is much harder to get statistically significant patterns. Because we can't. Because there's not enough of them to study them. Yeah. Like, the disproportionate number of female serial killers to one-time serial killers might just be a statistical fluke for all we know. Oh, it's literally just, like, fucking Carla Homoka completely wrecking the stats. Like, as a woman, seriously. ruining the curve. (laughs) Among several families' lives. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just, just like a, like a, like a triple A med student just destroying that curve through human suffering. Absolutely. So with male serial killers, there's a lot of diversity. We kind of have this stereotype in our society that male serial killers are always white dudes in their 20s, but that's mass shooters. Um, <laughs> I'm only partially kidding. Um, only partially male, kidding. White Don't dudes look in their it 20s, up. It'll make you sad. It will make you sad. Um, white dudes in their 20s account for 12% of male serial killers. Yeah, so there's a lot is... of diversity when it comes to race, age, income, profession, family status, methods, and motives. Yeah, there's a there's a spectrum from Harvey or Henry Lee Lucas to uh, the fucking Unabomber Ted Kaczynski, and yeah. people are all over that spectrum. Mm. And yeah, so like diversity super important. No matter what your job, no matter what your profession, no matter what you're calling. You really need to recognize the diversity and the contributions that various races, ethnicities, and genders okay. have contributed to that field. Serial killers do not have HR departments. That's not how this works. <laughs> what, there's no affirmative action for serial killing? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, killing people is bad, but the real crime here is the lack of diversity. <laughs> it's it's the bias and bigotry that really that really stings. God. Well, with female serial killers, female serial killers almost always fit the same profile. Mm. They are normally of average or above average attractiveness. Middle-aged white hot. women who work... They're, they're hot, yes. That was that more phlegm than was necessary, I think. <laughs> hot. Nope, nope, nope. These are serial killers. Um... They tend to be middle-aged white women who work in traditionally female occupations, like nursing or teaching, and they kill their victims with poison or indirect means. So, there's a specific category of female serial killers that so accounts basically for- they're MILFs. They that are wasn't the words I was gonna go with, but okay. This is- this is- Jessica's sexuality is gonna be its own episode someday. Um, alright. So, there's a large subcategory of female serial killers that accounts for, like, most of them, which is called Angels of Death. Yay! Which is sometimes a nurse goes rogue and starts killing her patients. So I'm going to yep. do a whole episode on those someday because they're fascinating. But Fascinating um, and terrifying. Even serial killers that are not Angels of Death still fit this profile. Mm. So female and, serial... Yeah. Oh, I'll save the Angel of Death comment for when you do an episode on that. Never oh, mind. Good. good, just store it'll keep. that. Just, it'll keep. 
Control S. Whatever horrific com- co- comment is stewing in my cerebellum, it will keep. Oh, it'll come bubbling back up. Yeah. I often, like, when I'm listening to these as I edit them, I often have a joke in mind as whatever we're talking about unfolds, and then I often, like, make that same joke on the recording. So I'm yeah. nothing if not consistent. Yeah, you, you mentioned this where it's just like, oh, this would be an excellent place for a Taken joke, and then you just hear the echo, the ghost of your past self make a Taken joke. I'm so proud of past me. She has excellent comedic timing. Yeah. Great um, instincts, that kid. <laughs> You're gonna go far, kid. Uh, You're gonna be a star. Thank you, 1940s talent agent. <laughs> so, uh, female serial killers almost never kill strangers, and they almost never have prior criminal records, which makes it really hard to catch them, because it doesn't matter if you get their DNA or fingerprints, there's mm. nothing on file. Uh, yeah. They tend to use subtle methods that are hard to detect, and they kill for concrete gain rather than thrill or sexual gratification or any other horrifying male motive. And contrary to popular belief, they almost always work alone. Mm. There's this myth that serial female serial killers only do what they do because a man told them to, because women can't think or do things good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. male serial... Yeah. Thinking that female serial killers can't just, like, strike it out on their own? That's sexist. <laughs> Male serial killers are way more likely to have an accomplice than female serial killers. Female serial killers, I think it's worth noting as a point of pride, are much, much better at serial killing than males are. Yeah. So, girl power, I guess. Girl power? Who? Girl power? I am a strong, independent woman with an unquenchable thirst for blood. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need a man. In I don't life. need no man to help me take a human life. <laughs> I don't need a man. I need 11 corpses in my basement. <laughs> Who needs a man when you have strychnine? Oh my god, this is horrible. This is why we have no friends. I don't need a husband. I need arsenic. <laughs> <laughs> when my like future nieces and nephews ask why we never visit Aunt Janelle, my brothers are going to whip out this exact recording. <laughs> And they'll understand. I don't know, I man. I got a lot of cousins. Maybe they want me to thin out the herd. Oh my god. Um, so the average male serial killer gets caught two years after his first kill. The average female gets away with it for eight to eleven years. And there are almost definitely a ton of female serial killers who never get caught at all. Yeah, and some of them never even get noticed. Oh, yeah, they're just... Mm, sure sucks that all your husbands had weak hearts. Yeah. Weird. Fascinating. Very strange. You'd think after four this would be a bit of a pattern, but I guess yeah. not. How you strange. are but a mere woman. Yeah. Women can possibly past... fell a mighty man. Never mind four. Anytime we talk about the past in this accent, in the in on this podcast, it's the exact same accent. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Well, you make fun of me when I do other accents. So That's it's true. the old-timey newscaster it is. I intend um, to continue. And, and and the thing about this is, you know when men tell you, ladies, to get back in the kitchen and make them a sandwich? Just remember this. The kitchen is where all the knives and poison are kept. And, Again, uh... <laughs> I cannot emphasize this enough. This is not an advice podcast. Do not do this. This, this is not a recommendation. But, no. yeah, there's a reason why female serial killers are better at not getting caught serial killing. And that's because of a combination of subtler methods and usually preying on a population that dies quite a bit more often for a husbands. variety of reasons. Like husbands. 
and small children <laughs> Those die all and the, the time. elderly and the sick. <laughs> <laughs> we are we do not pick on people our own size. No. And of the same cardiac fortitude. It's uh it's a lot of access to people's veins while they're sleeping Great. and their food. It's I was it's mostly <laughs> access to their morning coffee. Yeah. <laughs> which is what gets them. Yeah. Great. Feel less comfortable about the fact that cooking is traditionally women's work. Oh, yeah. I do. Uh, <laughs> I have no one to poison but myself, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do it anyway. I'm just keeping in practice. <laughs> just in case. Just raising my resistance to common poisons unless my mother decides to have a go. Excellent. So funny enough, Eileen Wernos and Carla Homoka are probably two of the most famous serial killers out there. And they're also two of the only known female serial killers who do not fit this profile at all. Oh, absolutely uh, not. Carla Homoka committed sexually motivated murders with her husband and Which is Eileen super Wernos, weird. Super unusual. And Eileen Wernos just shot strangers in the head. Yeah, which is also a weird. very masculine way of killing, not to forward any gender stereotypes here. She was not a delicate flower of no. the zero killing world. So the point of all these like endless numbers and incredibly depressing statistics was that the the fact that it was a female Shooting serial strangers killer- Shooting is just a little butch. That was clearly the point I'm trying to convey. <laughs> If there's any piece of advice you should leave here with, it's that shooting a stranger will make people think you're a dyke. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. You are welcome. So a female serial killer like the Phantom of Heilbronn is unlikely to the point of unheard of. A female murderer who wanders around several countries indiscriminately committing various acts of violence against strangers and random acts of murder with different motives and modus operandi is basically unheard of. Oh, it's So, baffling. what the fuck was going on? And I was drinking in my notes because the next header is literally just what the fuck was going on in bold. <laughs> I am a simple woman with a simple organization system. Mm. So, this is why, this is this is the best and true clear, crime. consistent instincts. You need to ready your pants because this is the best reveal ever. So, the mystery of the Phantom of Heilbronn unraveled in 2009 when German investigators were trying to solve a case from 2002 involving an unidentified asylum seeker who'd been found burned to death. So they didn't know who he was, but they had a copy of his fingerprints from his asylum application. I have thought about this for hours. I have no idea how they had his fingerprints, but not his name, but whatever. Yeah, that's um, genuinely odd. I don't understand. But they mm. decided to see if they could get a DNA sample from the prints. And you can imagine their surprise when the DNA results came back as the fucking Phantom of Heilbronn. <laughs> So this didn't make any goddamn sense at all, because they knew for a fact that the asylum seeker was biologically male. So they were all, they were weirded out by this, and they decided that combined with the doubts they already had about the existence of the Phantom for all of the boring statistical reasons we went over, they decided to look closer into the DNA results they were getting. And on March 26, 2009, the po German police announced that they had finally located the Phantom of Heilbronn, who turned out to be a worker at the factory where the fucking cotton swabs they used for DNA were made. <laughs> this is the best true crime murder ever. She was a Q-tip factory worker. They were buying non-sterile Q-tips? Well, I'll get into lab that. lab work? Kind of, kind of. So... 
The the police had been using an individually packaged cotton swabs made by a company called Grenier Bio One International AG, which is a terrible name for a company. Mm. Which is Not where memorable. The, doesn't roll off the tongue. Doesn't roll off the tongue. Which is where the Phantom of Heilbronn worked. They assumed that the swabs were good for DNA analysis because they are sterile. But hold on to your butt. We're doing science. Things can be sterile and still have traces of human DNA. It's two separate things. Mm. Sterile is a lack of bacteria, viruses, anything like that. Your DNA, things that destroy those kinds of things do not destroy DNA. And Mm. I actually knew this because when I did DNA, I collected DNA samples from human test subjects for my undergrad thesis because nerd. Nerd. um, Nerd. And the way that I would do that was to make people swish with a shitload of mouthwash and spit it back into a tube. Mm. And I had to do that because the alcohol in the mouthwash kills all of the various bacteria that reside in your garbage mouth, mm. but it leaves your DNA completely you disgusting, intact. Disgusting, disgusting human being. Seriously gross. It is filthy, actually filthy mouth. It's genuinely worse to be bit by a human than a dog. Yeah, like you know how people are just amazed by the fact that the Komodo dragons. You know, spittle is so disease-ridden that if it bites another Komodo dragon, like, the dragon might die of illness? That is you. You are the mammal version of that. Hang on. What? What? That's not a fun fact that people just know. Komodo dragons have poisonous spit. Only to other Komodo dragons? No, to anything they could possibly bite. Like, because they're disgusting. Because they're disgusting. Um, it's, it's it's also uh, something that they developed as a way of like taking down their prey. Things that oh. are bit by Komodo dragons, because Komodo dragons live on a small island, it, like an animal, even if it gets away from the, the Komodo dragon, like this massive lizard, it usually succumbs to its injuries within a, within a very short period of time, allowing the Komodo dragon to then just like leisurely eat it. And, a non-profit idea. Yeah. Nonprofit that distributes toothbrushes to Komodo dragons. Mouthwash to Komodo dragons. I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a real seller. It's gonna be a real winner. And yeah, so like the only species that routinely or have ever gotten got bit by Komodo dragons and survived are like human beings with antibiotics. <laughs> While yeah. those still work. Yeah. <laughs> so human beings very similarly, when we bite things we have diseasey mouths even though we have tiny like small teeth and weak jaws you could literally kill something as a human being by biting it because your our main weapon is filth yay (laughs) (laughs) um so it's actually really really hard to destroy your dna though Mm. it's hard to destroy dna completely especially in a substance like cotton because you can only heat it so much it'll It'll just fucking combust. Oh, yeah. You know, it's I'm, actually possible. I find this fact comforting. I'm glad know. my d- d- DNA doesn't easily decompose. Great. You can destroy it by heating it, but you can only heat cotton so much or it'll just poof. It's actually possible for products made from hand-picked cotton to still contain traces of the cotton worker's DNA, which is mm. how stubborn your DNA is. It's not going anywhere. So the Phantom of Heilbronn case led to a new set of regulations from the International Organization for Standardization, which has got to be an absolute fucking wild ride to work at. Oh, I bet they're Whew. fun. What a thrill. God, I casual bet it's a Fridays. mile a minute. <laughs> yeah, they all... Oh, man. Casual Fridays when everybody comes in with just one more button undone. <laughs> <laughs> what a place. So they that led to ISO 18385, minimizing the risk of human DNA contamination in products used to collect, store, and analyze biological material for forensic purposes. Because they put catchy names on shit. Yeah. 
That is it concise. Basically, that is oh yeah, snappy, synced, absolutely catchy. It basically states that everyone in the world, because of the Phantom of Heilbronn, now has to use testing kits and materials that actually meet forensic standards, so the police can no uh, longer good. just <laughs> pick up Q-tips from Walmart and have at it. <laughs> that is no longer considered a, a standard no, practice. <laughs> absolutely not. So the Phantom of Heilbronn case is kind of hilarious, and it's sort of a fun excuse to laugh at the German police. But it's also terrifying. And you rarely terrifying. do get those. You rarely you do, do get rarely those. get a chance to laugh yeah. at the German police and be justified, and then to not disappear and have yeah. no one know where you went. But it's terrifying. It's a really scary thing if you think about it, because people always assume that, that finding DNA your is DNA. Infallible. Yeah, they assume finding your DNA at a crime scene is rock solid evidence that you were part of the crime. Yeah. But the Phantom of Heilbronn shows this isn't always the case. Mm. So judges and juries really like dna evidence oh absolutely. they get hard for dna evidence they get sweaty and and hot under the collar for that sweet sweet dna proof you are regurgitating things you read in books uh probably i used yeah. to i used to work at a library both of us used to work at libraries we did actually. and one of my favorite hobbies because i was in charge of sorting the harlequins uh because no one else liked sorting books the way i did and that was that was a thing at at my, my workplace. They they let me do all the shelf sorting because no one else enjoyed it the way I did, and they <laughs> yeah. But one of my favorite hobbies was uh, reading excerpts from Harlequin romances in uh, various impressions, including oh, Gollum from War- Lord of the Rings. I did that too. That was a fun <laughs> thing to do. It was Instead a good of- time. Instead of calling this podcast Fat French and Fabulous, we could have gone with Fat French and Former Library Pages, but it's already too long. It's too yeah. Uh, our, our entire title is just an extended alliterative joke about how we are bizarrely demographically and like similar and also in terms of history, personal history. Yay. We're just very strangely similar despite being very different people. I was born on Earth. Yeah, me too! Amazing! We should start a podcast! I'm not convinced that you were. (laughs) (laughs) It says so in my bio. You should trust your written human words. It must be true. (laughs) Um, If it's written down, it must be a fact. Excellent. Ah! Uh, Harry Potter was real. So, uh. Checkmate, Earthling! (laughs) God. So, courts are seeing something called the CSI effect, which is basically juries have seen so much fucking true crime television and fake crime television that they're now reluctant to convict people if they don't have DNA evidence, even if there is an airtight circumstantial case, which is often what happens. Mm-hmm. So, a 2011 survey Oh, especially found- because, like, people will say, in, especially in, like, crime shows like oh we only have a circum- c- circumstantial case circumstantial evidence thing, yeah. can be really good just yeah, because it something can be circum- super good. is circumstantial doesn't mean it's not excellent evidence yeah if you find a woman stabbed to death and her ex-boyfriend gets picked up three blocks away covered in blood holding a knife from her kitchen that's you purely don't... circumstantial you don't really need to do dna to know that he fucking did it uh, <laughs> like it's a pretty good odd <laughs> most people are um super dumb S- so dumb at everything and they're also dumb at crime very few people are calculated criminal masterminds yeah most evan most murder is like i was mad so i smash yeah like, like that's about as far as the cognition goes 
Yeah, and, like, it's a pretty emotional event, committing a violent crime. Like, and, and like, I consider myself to be a reasonably clever person, and I once had a bloody nose that left enough DNA in the bathroom that, like... To convict I, you of your th- own to con- murder? To convict me of my own murder, and I thought I cleaned it up, and I still got in shit for it. <laughs> yeah, in the midst of a violent crime, a lot of murderers are not exactly being like okay don't drip on the carpet like it's, mm-hmm. there's so much going on that you just most people are not good at this and they shouldn't be good at this this is not no. a good skill like, do not this put is, murder on your resume to say the least a stressful event yeah i mean it's mostly stressful for the person dying but yes like most of my sympathies are not with the murderer themselves but they are no, definitely in a heightened state of arousal that doesn't allow for a lot of clear thinking no um, and most murders are not really planned in no. advance. So a 2011 study found that 46% of jurors expected to see scientific evidence presented in all criminal cases, and 22% of them expect to see DNA evidence presented in all criminal cases. This is nuts. Mm. DNA evidence is used in less than 0.3% of convictions. That shit is expensive. Oh my and gosh. And again, you often don't need it. It's often super obvious who murdered somebody. A lot of the time, like, you're... It's often done by somebody that somebody knows. Mm. I mean, when a wife dies, they look at the husband for a reason. Generally speaking, the people who have the greatest reason to murder you are the people closest to you. And would their fight for either have a financial gain or would have an emotional reason to kill you. Yeah, they just fucking hate your ass. They're tired of you breathing. Like, I have never hated anyone more than people I have grown to loathe through their unavoidable peccadilloes. Although, admittedly, I don't really get a lot of pet peeves. Maybe that's why nerd, I've never nerd, really nerd, truly nerd, committed nerd, 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 to the killing life. You are life. like... <laughs> you are one lunch where someone chews with their mouth open away from just homicide. Actually, considering my eating habits and how many people have told... Like, have just said that the sight of me eating cup a cup of pudding is genuinely off-putting, I'm probably going to end up in a dumpster. <laughs> I would have used the term scientifically fascinating. <laughs> but a lot of, like, a lot of murders are solved without any need for DNA analysis. Mm. They pretty much lock that shit down with circumstantial evidence. And also, like, there are a lot of types of crimes like date rape where DNA analysis is less than useless. Yeah. You just don't need it. There's no point in doing this expensive analysis that you don't have to do when the crime scene lab is already hopelessly backed up. Yeah. It's it's expensive. It's in terms of time. It's costly. And you have all the evidence you need. If you know who did it and you have all the proof you need to demonstrate that they were there and they had a motive, what more do you need? Usually some form of forensic evidence, but there's lots of things like that. Mm. Um, DNA also isn't the slam like dunk that we think it is. Yeah, those are a solid thing. DNA mm. is not the slam Except dunk that we sometimes. think it is. sometimes. We'll talk about it later. Different oh, episode. God. Different episode. So finding your DNA at the scene of a crime doesn't necessarily mean that you were there during the crime or even that you were there at all. Especially because DNA technology is getting more sensitive and more effective at recovering old and damaged DNA. Mm. And it is obviously, as we've seen, super easy to contaminate a lab sample. Yeah, and also, like, like, you can't always tell how old the DNA is. And also, just, like, you touch an unbelievable amount of shit in an average day. 
Oh, and you I don't know where so all of that shit. shit ends up. I, I know you do. You just, it's like having a four-year-old storage. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Everything. <laughs> There's but just like, so many fun objects out in the world. <laughs> if I wasn't supposed to touch them, they wouldn't have made them so fun. <laughs> but like, if I licked the length of a New York City city block, my DNA would eventually be present at a crime scene. Mm. Fortunately, I would be dead by the time it was discovered. You would have from licking least... a New York City crime block. You would get super hepatitis. Oh yeah, you, you can't would lick New York. Develop and... an entirely new mutated strain of AIDS. Yeah, don't lick New York. Do <laughs> not lick bad, New York. It's a bad plan. We're it all... is bad to lick most cities, but it is especially bad to lick New York. Don't lick New York. Do not <laughs> lick New York. If you learned anything else from this podcast, do not lick New York. New York you is will probably get so much tetanus. It's the stickiest place I've ever lived. Everything <laughs> here is sticky. Things that should not be sticky are consistently sticky. Do not touch the railings at subway stations. Do not touch anything. Don't touch anything. If you can, if it is at all possible for you, just hover two inches above the pavement at all times. <laughs> it's for your own health. Um. We also have this weird idea that DNA analysis is infallible and that labs, like, never, ever make mistakes. So uh, even the- do. Oh, yeah, we're humans. We can fuck up anything. Oh, uh, so- We're masters at it. Yeah, even the Innocence Project will not take on cases where a DNA match was made. But in 2002, there was this huge scandal when somebody figured out that the Houston Police Department crime lab was grievously fucking up its DNA analysis. Big time. And making huge errors with even basic analysis. And they were handling 500 cases a year. When, Yeah, when journalists started sending cases to independent labs for double checking, those labs came back with dramatically different results than the Houston lab had gotten. So a lot of people who had been convicted based on this DNA evidence, which is the fucking gold standard of forensics, mm. and they were exonerated when that DNA was reanalyzed. And had nobody thought to, like, double-check if their local crime lab was staffed by chimpanzees and high school fuck-ups, like, they would still be sitting in jail today. Oh, absolutely. These are the kind of mistakes that ruin lives. Yeah, so basically, the moral of this podcast episode has been that criminal justice is hugely flawed, and at any time, you can be jailed for a crime you didn't commit, and no one will help you because the public thinks DNA evidence is magic. Yay! Sweet dreams! Da-da-da-da-da! That's horrifying. It's All French of your musical song. contributions to this podcast are French and horrifying in that order. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's from a song called uh, Champs-Élysées, which is a fancy neighborhood in, in, in Paris. Yay. Oh, Champs-Élysées. We are a true crime, history, and psychology, and occasional karaoke. French music. <laughs> <laughs> Occasional pretentious French karaoke. We have artistic diversity. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, that has been the Phantom of Heilbronn. I mm. think we've all learned a lot. Yeah. Don't do crime scene analysis with Q-tips and don't touch anything. Ever. <laughs> Ever. At any time. Ever again. It will fuck up your life. Don't do it. <laughs> You'll Hover. ruin your life. Hover. Hover. Au soleil, sous la pluie, à midi ou à minuit. Sorry, I'll stop. Are you going to sing us out? Well, I am Janelle, and I was definitely not found in a cornfield behind my parents' house. Et je suis Jessica, and I was definitely not found in a cornfield behind my parents' house. Technically, it's wheat. <laughs> All right. And this has been Fat, French, French and, and Fabulous. 
And thanks again for listening to Fat French and Fabulous. And a super huge thank you to everybody who wrote us a review. You guys are the best. They really help us out. They help people find the podcast, which is what we want if we're going to make sweet, sweet podcasting dollars someday. So if you haven't written us a review yet, please help us out. Go write a review, preferably a good one. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please do that so that we can blow up your phone once a week with new episodes. You can subscribe to us on iTunes if you have that, because you probably do. You can subscribe to us on whatever it is that Android uses for podcasts. You can find us on pretty much any podcasting app there is. You can subscribe directly from SoundCloud. Do it. Go subscribe. Um, If you can follow us on social media if you want to as well, we are on Facebook as Fat French and Fabulous. We're on Twitter at Fat French Fab. You can follow us individually on Twitter because we're very funny people in our downtime. You can find me on Twitter at VeryBadLlama, and you can find Jessica on Twitter at IAmNotAlungFish. So that's how you know that we're very funny people with very funny Twitter handles. I think that's everything for this week, so stay tuned for next week. Thanks again.